Now let's pray together. Dear Lord, we come before you now. We worship. You are the great I am, that you are God. You created this world. You created our world. You created us. May we know that. May we see that. May we be in awe. May we be in greater awe of your power, of your presence, of your victory over sin in Christ, your Son. May we know it. May it be seared in our minds, in our hearts. Because when it is, we can walk in this world, not just in newness, not just like in fire insurance for eternity, but we can walk in both peace and power and confidence and in serenity because we know that we are yours. We have the creator of the universe and the Lord of our lives walking beside us. You are near. You're near to us. May these people know that as they walk in trials, as they may be walking through a furnace. May we, may we know that you are, are near to us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. You can have a seat. Thank you all again for being here. And a special thanks uh, to uh, all the ladies who helped our community breakfast uh, this morning. Y'all give them a hand. If you know who they are, they, uh, once a month we have a breakfast in our White House. So you will be hearing uh, more about that uh, in months to come. But uh, it, it was a great, uh, great meal, great feed. Let's, uh, let's turn to Exodus 3. Exodus 3, towards the front of your Bible. Uh, and as you do that, uh, let me share this with you all. First off, this, this entire year, uh, 2015, we have a theme that we call Rise with God. Uh, now, some of you all may be like, well, what is Rise with God? That is tied to our mission of Raise, uh, and it is trying to help grow your personal relationship with God, like, like you and God. You know, you and God. So little things uh, like prayer. I know, big shocker, get close to God, we pray. A little thing called the Bible, you know, get close to God, get in the Word of God, God's Word. Uh, Over each of the, uh, uh, each month of the year, we will also share testimonies of how members of this Bellwether family grow uh, in God's Word. We've got a couple that are already printed out uh, that my wife interviewed, uh, Chris, Dr. Jack Moriarty, and Mary Elizabeth Jackson. You'll be hearing from some of those in coming weeks, but if you want to pick one up, it talks about how they grow in God's Word, their prayer time. And that's what we want for you, to grow in your relationship with God. So we're doing a short series on Moses, uh, but it's really on us and our relationship with God that we see through the story of Moses that we call face-to-face. Now I say it's short because it's only three weeks. We talked last week about that we have much more than Moses and Jesus Christ. Uh, Today, uh, we're looking at a call uh, that God calls all of us if we are in Christ. And next week, we're going to be looking at rest. So if you need rest, and uh, I know that uh, many of us do, uh, next week we'll be talking about rest and how that can actually draw us closer to God. Then actually, we're going to pick up on Moses in the summer as we do a series on the Ten Commandments. So It's short, but we will be looking at Moses a lot uh, this year. Now, as I said, last week it was that we got a lot more than Moses in Jesus. Today it's about call. And if you have uh, accepted Christ, uh, received Christ, uh, been baptized, uh, then it's real simple. You got a call on your life. You got a call. Uh, It's not just pastors or church staff or missionaries or, you know, even a small group leader. If you're a Christian, you're called. We're all called. I mean, to simplify, there's a great commission, go and make disciples. 
of all nations, teaching and baptizing. But I also believe in specific calls. Specific calls for your work, uh, specific calls for your family, specific calls for ministry. Uh, so, so the message today is, is you're all called. You may not know it. You may not know what it is. You are all, we preach it, we proclaim it, we want to teach it. All of us are called. We believe everybody can be a leader for Christ. Now, the church, you're like, okay, if we're all called, what is the church supposed to do? Like, what's, what's the deal here? What's the point of the church? Well, the church's role is simple. The church's role is not to call the equipped. It is to equip the called. Let me say it again. It's not to call the equipped. Like, you know, all of y'all are great, and, and you got all these gifts, and we just call y'all to try to come here. Instead, it is to equip those who are called through teaching, through worship, through missions, through being part of a family. And you're like, well, are those your words? Well, yeah, those are my words. But in the Bible, which are much more important words, we see this. Ephesians uh, 4. Ephesians 4. It'll be up on screen. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12 says that God gave apostles and the prophets and the evangelists, and the shepherds, and the teachers, to equip the saints. And saints would be like Christians. So, if you're in Christ, you. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Building up the body for unity. To equip the saints. That's what the church is to do. Church is to equip the called, not just call the equipped. And so that's what we're trying to do. So let's look at Moses in Exodus 3 and see how his call um, can be a lot like our call and how you might see your call in the call of Moses. So Exodus 3, I'm going to read verse 1 through 10. Familiar story. A lot of us learned it in Sunday school. We're going to go a little deeper into it today. Verse 1, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness, and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that, he turned aside to see. God then called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land. A land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Stop right there, okay? Now, a couple things, again, very uh, familiar Sunday school story, but let's go a little deeper uh, into this passage about a call. 
And when I say that God has a call on your life, some of you have already probably immediately just rejected that and said, uh, no, preacher, I ain't called. Just be glad I'm here, okay? Uh, and some are like, well, yeah, I believe you, but, you know, man, I'm, I'm pushing a certain age and I'm kind of running out of time. Still don't know my call. Give me some help. Don't just read me a Sunday school story. Can't you give me some self-help? There's no greater self-help than here. Let's, let's look. Let's go a little deeper. First off, real simple. Moses is at work. Let me say it again. Moses is working right here when he gets a call. Moses is doing a simple, well, it's actually not simple. I've never been like, you know, shepherd, sheep at least. Um, he's, but he's guarding a flock. He, he's doing like humble work. I say that because, um, you know, I, I see a lot of times, actually I was talking to one of our youth parents today about how, you know, now teenagers and even moving in college, they just don't work, you know. Uh, no offense to anybody, but it's like you want to float through summer school, you know, for six years. And, hey, you know, some of us, some of us have been there, done that, you know what I'm saying? Any amens there? Okay, but when we raise our kids, we want to get them jobs. And often, you know, and I've been here, like, when we're, we're trying to find God's call in our life, and we just, just don't do anything, you know, and we're just like, well, you know, I'm just, just trying to find, you know, my call, my deal. God blesses work. God, God speaks to us through work. And I think the devil, uh, Satan, uh, can wreak havoc when we're idle. I mean, honestly, like when we're idle, nothing to do, uh, thoughts come in, temptations come in. So just a very simple lesson here. Moses is working when he gets the call of God. And he's doing like simple, humble work. He's a shepherd. He's out in the wilderness. He is no longer in Pharaoh's court. Moses saw more of God in the barren wilderness than he did with the rich and powerful in Pharaoh's court. And sometimes that may be where God comes to you. It's not that God can't come with the rich or the powerful or in the prestige. But here, God comes to him and he's out, you know, out in the boondocks. Um, just tending sheep. Something else that is interesting is, is that he comes in a bush. It's a burning bush. And, and I've never thought about that until this week. I was thinking about it. You know, he didn't come in a burning oak. He didn't come in a burning cedar, like, you know, a rock-solid tree. This is a dirty bush that God set aflame. And I, I say that because how often in our lives, you know, we think, well, we're nothing. You know, we're not a, I'm not a cedar. I'm not an oak. I'm not rock-solid. And God uses a bush, a bush. He sets aflame with his power to show Moses. Something else in this, and... Um, I'm about to say something that uh, some of y'all may never have heard, and, and some of you may really like push back here, okay? Uh, the angel of the Lord, because i, I got to highlight this, okay? Many uh, biblical scholars, and when I throw out biblical scholars, that does not mean, oh, I can check out for the next two or three minutes, okay? Biblical scholars, okay, is really self-help stuff too. Many biblical scholars believe that the angel of the Lord here, the Hebrew word for that. Uh, means a non-created being, okay? And many of them believe, not all, to be fair, but i got to show this to you, many believe that this was the, another big word, theological, okay? Pre-incarnate Christ. You know, it was pre-incarnate. Well, we sing about that all the time at Christmas, uh, incarnation, that means God made flesh. So 
before he was Jesus, he was the Son of God. And many biblical scholars believe that this was Jesus at the burning bush calling out to Moses, uh, which I think is very, very uh, fascinating. If you want to, you know, do more research, come talk to me or shoot me an email. Uh, I will read it, I promise, sometimes. But let me know, and, and we can talk about that. But a lot of folks believe that this was a pre-incarnate Jesus. Some, again, to be fair, don't. But this was, this was a powerful, look, I believe it's pre-incarnate Jesus speaking out to Moses. And then, going down, it says, and this is key too, this is key for your call. Moses first saw the burning bush, and then he moved to it. Then he went to it. And look at these words. Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him. Can easily read over, easily skim over, Sunday school story. Yet when God saw that Moses came to him, then he spoke. Translation, to hear your call, to know your call, you got to move to God. You got to get to God. It, it's, it's simple. It's easy peasy. You're like, I'm struggling with God's call. Well, you know, get close to him. I'm glad y'all are at church. Get into his word. Talk to him. And when God, God wants us to come to him, and when he sees that we do, he'll answer. He'll answer. And the Lord said, here I am. He said, this is holy ground. I, I love our worship team. I love our time of worship because it's really setting the pace for us to like, no, man, you know, God is awesome. God is, is powerful, the great I am. And so Moses takes off his shoes like this is holy ground. I mean, I get convicted more and more about this. Even when I'm praying, like, man, I'm, I'm praying to the creator of the universe. You ever get that? You ever fathom that? Or is it just like, that, you know, so-and-so close to me has got cancer. Can you please heal her? Or please, God, give me a job. Get me a job like now. I need a job. Heal my uh, marriage, God. Or do you man, I'm coming to the creator of the universe. And there's an awe. We talked about this last week, adoration. We need to begin our prayers with adoring God, loving him more than anything else. So Moses uh, is doing that. God says who he is. And then, you know what's interesting about Moses' call? It's actually the same as our call, except just different situation, different time. What are you talking about? Not in Egypt, Pharaoh. I mean, you know, kind of saw that exhibit up in Memphis, you know, decades ago. But past that, you know, how are we similar? Well, God calls Moses to rescue his people who are in slavery, who are in bondage. When God calls you and me, when God calls people, it is always to rescue others who are in bondage. Let me say that again. When God calls us, it's always to go out to others to rescue people who are in bondage. Some of you are like saying, yeah, man, I I get that. You know, I mean, there are people in slavery, bondage, you know, that I see all the time. I mean, you know, addicts and, um, you know, alcoholics. And, you know, people with lust problems and porn issues. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm tracking with you, Pastor. You know, people are in serious bondage. And that's true. That's true. I mean, that's, people can be in bondage uh, to those uh, things, of, you know, like explicit sin. But there's other types of bondage. And there's other types of bondage. Uh, there's, there's the bondage of, like, you know, living your life, basing on life, um, on, on peer pressure, uh, and being accepted uh, by certain groups. This doesn't just happen, you know, like on the playground and in high school. It kind of just grows. And having certain people or certain clubs 
uh, accept you. I mean, we can be, you know, truth be told, we can be in bondage about making sure our kids uh, are accepted in every place that they go uh, and making sure they're in the right crowds and making sure, you know, they have, they have the right play dates uh, and they do the right things and they play the right sports. And we can be just literally possessed in, in a fear that, oh, they're going to miss out because we know how this culture rolls, you know. And so we do everything we can. I mean, even, and this is, this is always crazy. I mean, you know, they play baseball and you've got to make sure that, you know, they got that right bat, you know, that right bat that is uh, multiple hundreds of dollars. And, uh, you know, quick story, I digress here, but Jack was playing ball last, uh, last summer. And, and I love Reed came to see him play, you know, one game, Reed and Chris. And, and Reed's probably the best baseball player in here. I mean, I'm into Reed. He probably is. So Reed's walking by. He's like, Dad, man, did you see those bats? Jack's a first grader, you know? And it's not that they're big. I mean, they're like $500. You know, I mean, and some of you just said, I just bought one yesterday. Okay, I know, I know how. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know. And I'm, I'm trying to hold off on buying one too, but. It's like, you know, making sure, you know, everything. And we can be just in, we don't have freedom. Chris talked about this earlier. Freedom of just trusting the Lord that he'll take care and he'll provide, you know. And yes, we got to shepherd our kids. I'm not saying that. But, I mean, y'all know. I mean, you got to know. Some of you know uh, the rat race. And it doesn't just start when you graduate college and looking for it. I mean, it starts early. seems like it's getting earlier. And so, when I say that he calls to rescue people out of bondage, it's like, you know, this bondage of, of the keeping up with the Joneses, uh, this bondage of false idols, false idols of popularity, false idols of having and being in the right group, that can, that can possess a person and get our priorities all jacked up. And so God here is calling Moses and God's calling us. You're to go to others give them the good news that you can walk in serenity and in confidence. You can walk in power and in peace in Jesus. And that doesn't mean you won't suffer because we all suffer. But you have this great call to go to others. Now, stop there. Moses has the response. Actually, he's got several responses. We respond too. And often we respond in the same exact way as, as Moses. How, how does he respond? Well, first off, verse 11 he basically says, who am I? Who am I? And these questions are going to come up on screen. The literal verse is saying, Moses said, who am I that I should go and bring the children out of Israel? Who am I? Often you get a call. You may be saying that right now. Who am I, preacher, that, you know, called? You know, give me a break, man. I mean, I'm just, just coming because my wife got me to come. You know, men are... Hopefully a deacon didn't say, I'm just coming because, you know, we got prayed over today. I know they didn't. Hopefully not. Kind of a joke. Kind of. Okay. Okay, that wasn't that funny. Okay, it was a joke. You know, come on, man. <laughs> Laugh it up a little bit. Lighten up, you know. That wasn't Russell Bennett. I love you, Russell. Marcus Dukes. I see you cracking back, back there, Dukes. All right. But you're saying like, hey, man, who am I? I ain't got this great call. Well, it was Moses. We talked last week. He did kill a guy. Moses the murderer. And then let's look at David. Okay, adulterer, but also a murderer. Peter denied Jesus when Jesus needed him most. Paul. Okay, Paul had like multiple, many Christians killed. Paul stood uh, beside as Christians were stoned, stoned, 
Not a good way to go. Uh, these were like highly, highly, explicitly flawed in their sin uh, men who had a great call. So when you say, who am I? You know, God is saying, yes, you. God is saying, yes, you. Now, we have to have a balance as well because some of us can say, oh, yes, me. <laughs> oh, yes, I know that I'm called. And so, you know, you know, for those of us who might say that, I would say, you know, remember the song that our worship team uh, led us in, the great I am. It's not I am, it is he is. And we've got to have this humble balance of saying, yes, God calls, but, man, I don't, I don't deserve this call. I don't deserve this life. Look, the basis of Christianity is we don't deserve salvation. We deserve hell. I know, great feel-good message. You've got to get there on Christianity. And so we are so blessed that God not just saves, but calls us to, to this life of purpose and meaning and fulfillment. Moses responds again. Not only does he say, who am I? But he says, I don't know. He says, I don't know. Verse 13, he says, what shall I say? Is like, I don't really know your name. You know, I don't, I don't know all I should know. And, and often, many of us say that. Well, hey, great preacher, uh, pastor, small group leader. You know, I, you just said biblical scholar. You know, you know I want to check out and all that. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not going there. I don't have enough biblical knowledge. Um, you know, some might even be honest. You know, I'm not humble enough to, to be that guy or that girl. Uh, you know, I don't know what it means to live the Christian life. Uh, and I don't have enough knowledge. And I just don't know. Praise God, the good news in the New Testament is we walk by faith, not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. I love John 9, 25. It's a story of a blind man that Jesus healed. And after he's healed, all these people are coming to him and say, you know, was that man, uh, Jesus, was he a sinner? Was he a sinner who healed you? And the blind man says, and this is so often, it's just indicative of our life. The blind man says, it's John 9, he says, whether that man is a sinner or not, I don't know. What I know is this, I was blind and now I can see. It's faith. I was blind and now I can see. And sometimes we got to step in faith. I don't know everything. I don't know everything. So it's called discipleship. It's called growth. But we walk in faith and God gives us sight as we walk in faith. So take courage in that. You don't have to know everything. Nobody does. You can be a leader for Christ. You can be a disciple. You are called. Another response Moses gets. He says, nobody's going to believe me. Exodus 4.1. He says, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. That is, uh, that, that is a trap. That is a temptation. All of us. Pastors big time. Because like, we got congregations. We got to speak. We got to preach. Nobody's going to listen to me. Or nobody is listening to me. Or when your call is like, man, they're, they're going to, who am I? They're not going to hear me. They're going to check out. They're going to snooze. They're going to be thinking about it's such a pretty day. Uh, they're going to be thinking about, man, don't give me that like witness. Man, let's just go get a drink or something. They're not going to believe me. Big temptation. And Matthew 10, Matthew 10, 19 and 20, Jesus says, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. Uh, we worry so much about what we'll say, how we come across, the impression we make. Uh, and, you know, obviously we don't want to, like, you know, go and, and witness and turn somebody off, and that might affect our, you know, our friend circle, our supper clubs, you know, whatever. 
I mean, Scripture is, I mean, it preaches to us. Don't worry, the Spirit will give you the words. Matthew 10, we can trust in that. Matthew 10, 19 through 20. Another response we can get. And then the last one that Moses, Moses gives, and God almost just gets tired of him, but he doesn't, and he uses him, is, um, is actually Exodus 4.10. He's like, I can't speak. I can't talk. I'm not eloquent. I can't speak. And this is the beauty of a call. In a call, in God's call, you are never, ever, ever alone. And you're like, you're right, I got God. Yes, you got God, but you got others too. You got a brother or a sister. Look what happens here. Moses said, I can't speak. So God says, well, hey, I'm sending Aaron with you. You'll go, you know, you'll go as a team. You'll go together. What's fascinating about that is if you look at Luke 10, literally Luke 10, 1, Jesus sends 72 out, two by two. He never sends disciples alone. Paul always goes with Silas or Barnabas. Peter had Mark. They always go together. You will never be alone. Because we're not all like gifted in, in every area. I mean, I hope you don't think you are. Unfortunately, some of us probably do think we are. But God brings other people around us to work together, to complement one another. So again, God's called you, but he has not called you alone, to go alone, to minister alone, to share alone. He brings others with you. You know, that's what I, one thing I love about Chris. I mean, God didn't just call uh, me to start uh, this church. He put a, a vision in mine and Linda's mind. Chris was brought along. I think Chris brother in Christ, literally like my brother, walking alongside. He brings other leaders. You know, we're going to be talking about in the next couple, couple months, elders, a team of elders that helps shepherd and lead this church. It's not up to just one person. Moses was not just a solo operator. He brought other people alongside. That's always God's way. So if, you, if you're fearful about a call, you will not be alone. It's also why he gave us a church to have brothers and sisters to walk alongside one another. Let me say a couple things and just closing up. Uh, first off, you may, have, you may be having like big time questions uh, about a call. You may be uh, really questioning God uh, about your life, uh, about your job, uh, about your, your call in life, about your career. Um, hopefully not, but sometimes about your spouse, okay? About how your family's going. God always gives an answer. Hear me on this. God always gives an answer. And He's always clear. You're like, well, He's not being very clear right now. Hopefully, He's clear in this sermon, but we could debate that. But God is clear, okay? God is clear. And so if you're like, well, you know, I'm kind of fuzzy on this. You know, the Spirit's talking to me, but, you know, it's kind of, kind of vague. God's the creator and sustainer of the universe. God's clear. And so if he's seemingly vague, where are you in your walk with God? How far are you from him? If he's vague, maybe you should move closer in because he'll be clear. He will be clear. Even if he says, wait, he'll be clear. God always gives an answer. It's always clear. If it's not, then I'd question, I'd challenge you. Where are you? in your deal with God. And as Moses did, if you move closer to him, as Moses saw this burning bush, but he moved in and God spoke clearly to him. And the, and the last thing I would say 
we're going to look at one other scripture. But the last thing I'd say is, I don't have to convince you, I don't have to convince any of you that uh, you should accept the call of God on your life. I don't, young, youth, uh, out of college, starting your life, starting a marriage, um, wise in the ways of the world, I don't have to convince you to accept God's call because every human being that, that I've ever met or really gotten to know, they want a life full of adventure uh, and meaning uh, and purpose and fulfillment and to feel like gratified and to wake up each day. It's like there's a, there's a, a reason for my being. Um, th- there's a reason for the humdrum of going about the daily tasks. Everybody wants that. It's found in God's Word. It's found in Jesus. What I have to convince you of, I have to convince you of, is that God's clear and He's near. He's clear and He's near. Because some of you would debate that point. Like, He ain't clear right now, or I don't feel... That's what we just sang about. God is clear and He's near. You're like, well, I'm still, after all that, I still don't know. One last verse. He's so clear, he's so near, we can know him face to face. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Love this verse. We'll close here. For God has shown in our hearts, shown his light. It's not darkness. It's clear. It's clarity. Shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Face to face. You want to know God? Look at Jesus. You know the call of your life? Look to Jesus. You want to know clarity? You want to get close? Move to Jesus. God shows us. God reveals to us. Even if we're uncertain, He has given us the clarity of the life, the work, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. And so if you look to nothing else, then start there. Then start there, and God will start opening up doors for your life, for your call, for his world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these men and women. I pray that some of them would begin a call by knowing Jesus. That can happen now. That can happen today. I pray that others of them who already know Jesus would believe that they are called. They're, they're, not, just, they're not simply saved for heaven. Uh, they've been given life uh, to live in the here and now in their time in this world, to, to love others, to care for others, to teach, to talk, to encourage, to be an example just in their lives. I, I pray that uh, all of us would live and um, pray that with our lives we'd preach and if necessary we'd use words. And if we need words, we'd have faith that you would give us those words. So I pray people would know that you're clear and you'd clarify their call and that you are near and you're here with us now. Thank you, that, thank you so much that you give us a call, you give us a life, you give us a destiny, and it doesn't just begin in heaven, it begins now. May we believe that. In Jesus' name, amen.